Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance Podcast. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. <laughs> Why are you already laughing? I'm Jordan Searles. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest. The brilliant, the wonderful, Maddie Whittle. That's me. Hi. I wanted to make sure I said your name, your last name right, because nothing worse than being introduced wrong and then just like everything starts wrong and, you know, what is even happening. You said it perfectly. And uh, I think, you know, we're in an Adele Dazeem world now. I feel like faulty introductions aren't the end of the world nowadays. Absolutely. And you work at Lincoln Center. Yes. And basically the whole reason why I go there, because it's just <laughs> always seemed like so far, so far away. But I will travel to see you, at least when this pandemic is over. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, it is far away. And uh, I've been working from home during this pandemic, which has been a nice change. It saved me a lot of time on the commute. Um, but yeah, I work in film programming, if that's relevant. Would, would, um, today, today we're going to talk about, <laughs> speaking of film, uh, we're going to talk about a very important oh, yeah. film made by the fantastic Ferrelli brothers, uh, the 2011 movie Hall Pass. Would you program this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I, I, I want to give it a fair shake. I don't think it would quite fit in with our programming sensibility. I don't think it has necessarily a, a, a niche in our slate. Um, but there, there are venues that I would program this movie for and certainly context. I mean, you could do all kinds of programs about like gender roles and marriage and Hollywood's, uh, ideas about those things. So I, yes, I would program it in the right context. In maybe, yeah, uh, a context where people could, um, perhaps similar to what we will do in the podcast, just kind of tear it apart a little bit yes. and tease yeah. out the, the meat if there is any there. Exactly. How many Ferrelli brothers have we done so far? Because like there are some that I've done. Uh, I'm trying to think. We did Me, Myself, and Irene. Mm-hmm. We did There's Something About Mary. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, we did Shallow How. We did Fever Pitch. Oh my God, we are really... <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot. I mean, our last episode us. was Fever Pitch. So like we're... Yeah, we just did Fever Pitch. For a while. We've been I didn't even... doing it. You just got to do Green Book now. Uh, well, we'll actually, we'll probably do... What is it? Uh, the Heartbreak Kid. That's probably the next one that <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Yeah, that's probably in the... In the... In the docket. Um, yeah, a remake, a bad remake of a very good movie. <laughs> it's always the, sad um, when that happens. Imagine the Ferrelli brothers. Now that I know who Elaine May is, because I think when the Heartbreak Kid originally came out, the remake, I didn't know that it was a remake and I didn't know who. But knowing that it was remaking Elaine May makes me so fucking angry. <laughs> You know, I've never seen either one. I should probably oh watch the Oh my god, you have one. to see. You have to see the original Heartbreak Kid. Um, do you think so, it's worth seeing the the newer one to to feel the anger or um Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Only in the I context think context of like podcasting. I think that like when we do the Heartbreak Kid episode up, which will probably be soon because, you know, if we're going to be inside, why not torture ourselves? You de- you definitely need to see the original first because it'll make you even matter, I believe. Nice. nice. Nowadays, I watch bad movies just to feel something. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need that anger. I watched The Croods in the middle of the night with Kyle just because we just needed something sweet. It was just like a whole movie about like Nicolas Cage caveman learning how to like let go and like let her let his daughter find love. And so it's like an Ozu film, basically. Yeah, ex- exactly like that. That's, so that's, Hall Pass. Yeah, it's like a lullaby. Hall Pass is... I, uh, yeah, I watched this last night. So it was very fresh in my brain. Like the, the traumatic imagery is like burned in the front of my, my brain. Um, this, this has a fantastic, uh, Owen Wilson, you know, we have 
Jason Sudeikis. We have Christina Applegate, Jenna Fisher. You know, we have a lot of uh, familiar faces. We have we have Alexandra Daddario back on the podcast. Okay. Alex Daddy is back playing. Alex Daddy back. <laughs> my, so my boyfriend knew who she was. I don't know who she is. Who is we, she? We previously talked about her. She's she's known for being in terrible movies. Yeah. She, for some reason, she was in the Percy Jackson movies, and those seem to be like top tier for her. It seems. So she was in previous episode burying the ex which is about hilarious (laughs) about like a guy whose ex ex ex-girlfriend comes back as a zombie but he wants to date alexandra daddario and the zombie which is like one of the girls from twilight keeps on getting in the way so we've done that episode we've done the layover which is a comedy with no laughs directed by william h macy it's just so exhausting it's the layover is just as exhausting as being in an airport like that is what it feels like um (laughs) and then we did when we first met which was a a netflix rom-com starring alexandra daddario and adam divine you know romantic hero the one guy from workaholics that i would not fuck adam divine you passed your face um (laughs) like fully when when like in in righteous gemstones like that's the perfect role for him he crushed it he looks like that guy so i need to watch that so good i'm i i feel like it hasn't gotten the love that it deserves Okay, well, then I will immediately start Righteous Gemstones. Let me make a note. Okay, That's what I'll do, do. So that we can talk about it. So that I can so that I can wash out normal people from my brain. Normal people, which, no, I totally haven't seen it. It's not out yet. What? Um, wow, you're going to have to edit that out. Hulu is going to listen to this podcast and then sue me. Um, that is, I mean, if that happened, that's like when you know, that's a real come up. That's how you know that we made it absolutely when we get um yeah this 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 is a movie where uh owen bolson and jason sudeikis are best friends we don't really like they it, it's very much a, like everyone met in high school and got married and they mm-hmm. moved you know so these two couples are friends um it really i would say it really kicks off setting the tone right away wouldn't wouldn't y'all <laughs> Yeah, yes, no, I would say, much. and I would say that also, like, Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis in this movie have, like, I can't decide whether it's youth pastor or Mormon or Mormon youth pastor, but the way that they are styled, the way that they tuck in their shirts, I think I remember getting angry about the way that they dress. Like, I think I remember yelling at the television about the way that they dress. Yeah, see, I think that that uh, leads into... A, a larger observation about this movie, which I'm sure we will get into in depth, but I think it's uh, so much of this movie is about the hell that is living in the suburbs and the sort of mm-hmm. soul sucking, like spiritual death that comes with being an adult married with children. And you're consigned to live in a big house in the suburbs and have no contact with young people and no contact with like any outside of your small circle of neighbor friends and it's just I think the way that they dress specifically in particular Owen Wilson is like signals that it signals the sort of yes the aesthetic death of living in the suburbs it's, it's well, like it, they gave it themselves like, oh. uniforms it's like they gave themselves like a bad private school uniform that's unflattering yeah like, exactly well, you know we we are living inside of a small jail of our own making so yeah and they don't need to pay attention because there's they're married they're with the same you know and that's that's the other big idea of this movie is that like when you're stuck with someone for the rest of your life why do you need to care about what you look like and why should they care about what they look like and it's like obviously uh a very major part of what of the point that this movie is trying to make is the sort of the yeah the the uh attraction and desire some things that should be like fed and worked on in a relationship and not just like, like, it's not like, Oh, okay. I, I sealed you in and now right. we'll just ignore each other until we die. Right. Well, I mean, for me, it just kind of seems like they took the clothes that they were wearing in high school and they were like, okay, I'm an adult now. And they just made the decision to tuck in those same shirts. Like, like they're wearing the same shirts as like from high school, but 
tucked in now. Yeah, well, and I think another thing that I'm sure we will get into is that they have to be undesirable in these roles. Like this movie, the challenge that this movie has set itself is to make Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis unfuckable. And yes. they're they're pretty they're pretty fuckable guys. Like I think I think you know most women of my age group would of my sensibility would probably say like yeah they're they're they they have a lot of appeal those two and so this movie has to make it convincing that we are in a world in which the characters played by Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis would not appeal to any young women and so yeah. like, I think that's part of it too. It's very much yeah. It, there's a little bit of almost like um, a she's all that with them. Like where, yes. they're the, <laughs> where the guys are just like dressed down. And like, I felt like Owen Wilson didn't make sense in this movie. Like, no, I, not at all. Like because he, I, he acted, he tried to be the role. Like, it's not that he did a bad job. He just doesn't make sense with this movie. And I couldn't get over that. And part of it was the attraction factor. I'm used to seeing him in different roles, even when he's, playing a really corny comedic character it's a different vibe and but but also just i think he's sexy <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no i i also i also so, think that he's sexy so it made it much harder well and especially also with jason sudeikis he's the romantic lead in my favorite rom-com of the last decade which is uh sleeping, sleeping with, with other people, people. yeah great, great 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 movie and he's a very convincing romantic lead in that movie and it's very convincing that Allison Brie falls in love with him in that movie and so going from that to this I just like you know not to not to spoil the film but obviously you know the trope of any storyline about an open marriage is that the man really wants the open marriage and the woman is the one who has an easy time finding people to fuck and the man struggles to find anyone who will sleep with him and like to, 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 to play that off, you have to have male characters who are unappealing. And I just don't buy it here. I just don't buy it. Yeah. Is someone, I, I wanted to ask, is someone having a connection problem? Cause I'm kind of hearing it a little bit. It's probably me. I, that happens. Uh, um, I think my, my internet's good right now. If it keeps happening, let me know. I can try and, try and move. Oh yeah, no. I just wanted to make sure that everything was good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being a mom. Also, just <laughs> uh, but yeah. I mean, this movie is really interesting in the sense that, like, I, I have trouble believing that they would. I, I believe that their wives would get bored of them, but I, I have trouble believing that they would get bored of their wives. Like, I don't really, I don't really get that. I mean, it's like Christina Applegate and Jenna Fisher. And I was actually just tweeting about Jenna Fisher earlier because someone mentioned how bad John Krasinski is at acting. And then I sat down and I thought about it and I was like, I've been rewatching The Office with Kyle and it's like, yeah, she really does do a lot of the heavy lifting in their scenes. Like if she wasn't as good of an actress as she was, I don't know if the Jim and Pam scenes would have worked. And I kind of wish that like movies took better advantage of that. And I actually think her getting screen time in this movie is maybe my favorite thing about it. Yeah, yeah. She's she's really charismatic on screen and Really, I mean, I, I I also feel like Christina Applegate is oh yeah, Christina Applegate is underused, like forever. Oh, God, like, yeah. and I know she chose yeah. to step out of acting for a while um, to take care of her family, but even before that, I've just felt like she's never gotten her due. Um, and so, seeing both of them, who are fantastic actresses, you know, beautiful, charismatic, all of the things, and then Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis, I'm like, no, this should just be a movie about how you're married and you all have a lot of sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, what do you think, Maddie? <laughs> well, no, it's interesting because I think in some ways this movie uh, advertises itself as one thing and then turns out to be something much worthier. And like, because on the one hand, it, it presents itself as a movie about these two oafish men who are always ogling other women and like, bored in their marriage and restless and desperate to get out and really you know finally their wives get fed up and offer them this hall pass this week off marriage where they can go and you know have sex with whoever they want and then the men are gonna you know have that experience and learn lessons and all of that and I think 
the thing that this movie does, and I don't know if this is me projecting on this movie or if the movie actually does this, but I think based on the evidence that's provided, these men actually are not unattracted to their wives. These men just don't want to be fathers and they don't want to live in the suburbs and they don't like the lives that they've created for themselves. And they fantasize about having other lives. And when, you know, when the question of whether or not they want to divorce their actual wives is put to them and put to the test, they discover, Oh no, my wife's hot and I love her and I want to be with her. And it's just like, but then you never really get the second part of that realization, which is that, I love my wife. I want to be with my wife, but I'm also really unhappy and I kind of hate my life the way we're living it right now. And we need to do something about that. And the fact that the movie yeah. never gets to that second realization, not to, again, spoiling it. Maybe I'm jumping ahead of us. No, okay. no, no, uh, not at all. We always just kind of jump in the water. And, and like, I, <laughs> right. And I totally agree. Like an interesting thing about this movie is that it shows kind of like the the emptiness of the way that they decide to go after their desires. Like it's very clear that there is something wrong. And I notice in a lot of media and a lot of men in real life that something is wrong, something isn't right. And the thing that they go for is like sex or a new girlfriend or a new object of their obsession. But it's always, but what's really going on is always something deeper. And a lot of things aren't really good at looking at that. And I think this movie to its credit like understands how absurd it is that these two dorks like their whole th that they think that like fucking someone else is going to make them feel better they understand that and the movie also understands that these are hot interesting fun wives the movie gets that too which yeah. is really like a really was, more mature than a lot of Ferrelli brothers stuff like way more mature than fever pitch which has like <laughs> which has like which shows like women as like the most unfun people on the planet. So it's definitely more mature in that which sense. Which is a lot to say given the fact that Jimmy Fallon's character was just like an anthropomorphic Red Sox hat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Right. But yeah, it's interesting that they don't like make the decision to just kind of like make their lives more interesting. Why is it like you know, resign yourself to the suburbs or like cheat on your wives. Like there's gotta be like a different, there's gotta be a middle ground there. I mean, a lot of it is like emotional, it really emotional intelligence. And, um, like, I, I feel like Jason Sudeikis specifically, but, but really both of them at the end, it's like they had to pursue the surface idea of sex and freedom to and basically blow up their lives and all yeah. the shenanigans that go on to finally get to any level of real reflection of like oh but like you said it doesn't go all the way maddie like it, it it's like the reflection to say oh i love my my wife but it's not oh i don't like my job <laughs> it's just right. like oh i'll do anything to keep you because you're good but it doesn't right. But you're going to hit a wall again. You might not hit the same wall of hitting on the barista, but you're going to hit a wall. And it's right. like, you almost get there after all of these cartoonish experiences, which I guess we should jump into like the plot itself. Um, so basically, I mean, the movie, the movie opens up with very like this, I would say very Ferrelli brothers, but also just like certain bro-y misogynist rom-com tropes of like the dudes being like how do you check chicks out when you're married <laughs> like, oh my there's a there's like, a quote that i wrote down where it's just like where jason sudegas is like check out all the talent here and i'm just like, that's just talent <laughs> we yeah like <laughs> owen wilson and jenna fisher are walking into an event to meet jason sudegas and Christian. Christina Applegate and like she catches him checking out a woman's ass and she calls him out on it and he's just like what I mean it's a great ass and I'm and like that happens at the beginning of the movie and I was like okay I'm my seatbelt is on <laughs> I'm like I know some of what we're gonna experience and then they go in and like he talks to um uh, he talks to Jason Sudeikis and Jason Sudeikis is like, oh, no, no, no. You can't like check out her ass. What you have to do is look at her from far away and then wait <laughs> until you yeah, like turn before she comes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like immediately setting up this dichotomy of oh, the wife is trying to stop me from looking at all these hot chicks. Um, 
And that's, and Jason Sudeikis' character is way more like that than Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson's always kind of like, well, yeah, like I would like to just like have sex, but like my wife's cool. And Jason Sudeikis is like, fuck your wife, man. I would like to look at a boob. Just, yeah. just from a distance. <laughs> and with Owen Wilson, he's specifically like it's established very early on that he's kind of beleaguered. Like he's a loving husband and dad, but his wife is frazzled. She's you know exhausted with raising kids. And there's a scene at the beginning where they are talking about how they're going to go to bed and have sex, but then they get waylaid putting their kids to bed and taking care of chores, and then they end up in bed. And he tries to sort of come onto her, and she fakes being asleep. And it's like she's not up for sex and he's not getting the sex he needs and wants. And like, there's this bad dynamic and we need to figure out, you know, we need to solve this problem. Like we need to, we need to fix this. And that's the problem that the movie sets out to work through. And it's just like, it's, I think the, the, this movie has a lot of insights that, that come over the course of the shenanigans that the men get into um, during their, week off of marriage but it just still at the end of the movie you don't have a sense that they've really learned you know how do we fix this deep core of unhappiness in this life that we've built together and like how do we how do we address the fact that you know maybe we do love each other maybe we do want to stay together but we are not happy together and like anyway again getting ahead of myself no no it's good it's true because that that is really where it goes and so much of it feels like FOMO right like yes exactly you know they feel like oh we're tied down in our marriages and as dads and like we're missing out on like they, they have this friend who's really annoying who's just like he just feels like every old guy at a rave. Um, oh, Rid- the Richard Jenkins character? Yeah. Amazing yeah. character. Fucking um, incredible performance from Richard Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, he, he crushes <laughs> it, unfortunately, as this character. <laughs> he does, he, he fills those shoes, um, those, those cocaine-laced shoes. Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> and they, they always reference him, and they're just like, he's single, he's like always traveling, and he's got all these chicks, and so there's this like, FOMO of like, what if we were him? What if we were just free running around partying? Um, knew how to pick up girls, knew how to yeah. sleep with any girl you wanted to. What if we were an old white man who wears tank tops and mm-hmm. does not wear sunscreen? Like, disgusting. Yes. <laughs> and the FOMO, the thing is like, it's kind of, it's, it's, but like the FOMO thing is really developed in the sense that like it comes out that Owen Wilson has been with Jenna Fisher since their freshman year of college. And it turns out, spoiler, he has never slept with anyone else. She was his first. And, you know, if he stays faithful to his marriage will be his last. And like, that is the existential crisis that he's in, which is that like, you know, what have I missed out on? And then, oh my God. and like, and that's a real, you know, that's a real thing that I think couples you know, should try to navigate together if they're, you know, at, if they find themselves at that kind of juncture. But like the solution that this movie posits is that he would go and shadow party man Richard Jenkins for a little while and see what his life could have been like and then decide that that's not the life that he wants, which is a little bit of a shallow. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Bronwyn. You know what this... This is like if there was a bad movie about Marshall from How I Met Your Mother trying to, like, fuck somebody who is not Lily. Yes, absolutely. That is real. (laughs) Very very similar dynamic. Yeah, like, basically... Okay, so there's this whole ridiculous scene that really kicks off the 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 big arc in the plot is, is when when they visit like not even a friend it's like someone they know that they don't like right they go to the house of um i can't even remember the name of that character let me which is that. it a white guy well yeah <laughs> is it is it the steven Merch, merchant character i think all the people they actually hang out with are white um well no there's there's the maybe... creepy rich guy the creepy over tan rich guy yes yeah, the, the, the sweater that he wears over Smooth, but they never go to his house. Oh, yeah, they never go to JB Smooth's house. I mean, I'm trying to figure out which one you're talking about because there's like the kind no, of like too. country one named Hog, um, and that's not who you're talking about. It was uh, Ed, 
I think it was Ed. Yeah, played by Rob Moran. Um, Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, so they go to his house and he's loaded. And basically him and his wife are just having people over so that they can show off how rich they are. Um, And there's a scene where uh, Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis like kind of hang back while their wives and everybody else's goes on the tour. And everybody else on the tour go to this safe room for some reason where there's all those security cameras and the security cameras catch them saying the most junior high shit possible. They're talking about vaginas. They're insulting the vagina of the wife of the guy who owns the house. They're talking about boobs. The new the new boobs. <laughs> One of them calls boobs bongos and <laughs> I just I you know what? I will be okay eventually, but it's going to take a while. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's a very much a junior high display. And it's hard to imagine grown men, even douchey grown men, just loudly talking about that. Um, yeah, that actually, I, I agree that there's sort of an implausibility to that scene that kind of weakens the whole premise because the idea is that the, the their wives have, you know, witnessed them being juvenile in this way and then this, you know, get so exasperated and so fed up and say, fine, this is the last straw. This is, you know what you want to be, you know, you want to be a playboy frat brother. Fine. You have a get, take a week off of marriage and go and sow your wild oats and whatever. And like, I just don't, I don't buy, first of all, that that scene would happen, that they would actually be saying those things in the home of these acquaintances yeah and that their why i don't buy that their wives would have that particular response like that that would be the straw that breaks the camel's back and i feel like they would just like go on like a cruise without them like I feel yeah like that would be the move yeah yeah because basically what happens is they go on this walk so joy of the heart is like their friend for like two scenes I yeah. fucking love her, and I'm mad that she's too, not in more of the movie. Yeah. I was so mad that, like, I knew they were going to do that with her. I knew that she was going to disappear after this one conversation, but I was really hoping that wouldn't be the case. She's just, like, their cool older friend who just knows shit, and they're on this walk, and they're complaining about their dumbass husbands, and they're just like, why are they so obsessed with sex, like, in this juvenile way? Like, and they're always checking out other women, and, like... and. I do like that neither Jenna Fisher nor Christina Applegate seem insecure about themselves. Yeah. No, because they're they have like, they have beautiful skin. Like they have interesting conversations. <laughs> like, I'm constantly just like, I want to be friends with these white women. Where are these white women at? <laughs> One yeah. thing that I do appreciate about this movie though is that at the end the women have a realization as well. And like specifically Jenna Fisher's character realizes oh, the fact that I gave my husband a hall pass maybe is more about me than it is about him. And like what he did with the hall pass, that's him. But the fact that I went out of my way to say, you get a week off of our marriage was more about what I wanted to do with that week off of my marriage than it is about what he, you know, needed to do. And like, I I appreciate that the movie gets there. That's... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. uh, And I'm honestly shocked that this movie was written by four men. And I have to wonder if like Christina Applegate and Jenna Fisher showed up and they were just like, no, these are, these are the, these are the lines that we are adding. We are saying these lines. Yeah. I would believe that because so much is added by their performances. Like the script itself, so much of the script is so fucking dumb. And like the moments of insight feel like they had to have come from the actors or from some other source. Yes. Can we talk about the Stephen Merchant character for a second? Because like I barely took any notes when I watched this, but the Stephen Merchant character is so confusing to me. Well, whenever whenever Stephen Merchant is playing someone who like doesn't understand women and like like it doesn't understand like how to get sex, I don't believe it because he just seems like a very secure, regular person that I would definitely fuck. And so like <laughs> it was actually really upsetting when he was like, oh, like where they're just like sitting around the table and he's just like, uh, you know, like we how are we gonna like get women and like why are women like this? And then uh, suddenly Stephen Merchant's just like, when are we gonna like I need to find a woman who like won't cry rape? Like, do you remember him saying that? Because oh, I yeah. wrote that down. Yeah, and I was yes. so upset because it's like, 
Stephen Merchant, how do you have trouble meeting women? Like, I tried to watch that show that he did, Hello, Ladies, and I just couldn't believe that he had trouble meeting women, and I was just so confused, and I just turned it off. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's attractive, but, like, I'm sure he meets women. (laughs) I don't know. He's, like, he's tall. He writes well. Like, between him and Ricky Gervais, he's, like, the cool one. Like, knowing that they're friends means that they probably, like, go out, hang out with women. so annoying that... (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. He's a wingman because he's so annoying. Like, you just look fantastic compared to him. I think Stephen Merchant is very funny. um, But, I mean, but I could still buy his character being, like, weird with women. I don't... I mean, uh, what do you think, Maddie? I just just don't see it. Are you attracted to him? Is that why? (laughs) I Yes, I am attracted to him. And I don't even like skinny men. Stephen Merchant is, like, the one skinny man that I would fuck. Like, it's really (laughs) just him. I can see, you know, I can see both sides of this. I can see the implausibility i can see being attracted to him but i also think he of all the men does the best job of like squaring that circle of like convincing us that he's a weirdo who's awkward with women and unsuccessful with women and yeah and sort of immature even in spite of the fact that you know his actual presence is appealing and and attractive and i yeah. like his character's weird and doesn't necess- doesn't necessarily make sense to me. It's why- weird that they know him. Like, yeah. why is he there? <laughs> yes, but I yeah. So I, I I can see it both ways. He's a weird like oh their whole posse is weird. The like the the, the, the group of men who they go party with. Well, I think yeah, so. their really vibe, their like- collective vibe is very strange. Well, yeah. the Farrelly brothers are, like, they're super white in their, like, comedy sensibilities, but, like, they always have, like, a very diverse cast, especially talking about friends, where it's always, like, friends of different races. Like, it's, like, they understand, like, diversity, but they also, like, put white people and black people and Indian people together that I feel like would not speak to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it that's definitely... Like- it reminded me of like people, groups of guys who I knew in college who lived together and didn't necessarily have much in common other than the fact that they lived together, but they stayed really tight over, you know, the years of college because they kept living together. And it was like, they were thrown together randomly and just kind of got into a groove and just like that, I, that was sort of the dynamic that I projected onto this group. of Yeah. Accidental friends. I felt that because like they had all known each other a long time. So it did feel very much like, oh, we were roommates or even like we were in the same class or we, you know, graduated together from this small school. Um, but, But like they don't necessarily have that much in common, but also none of them really know who they are enough to be that different from each other. Or they all went to homeschool prom together. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yikes. But yeah, homeschool <laughs> energy. This is a homeschool energy movie. Well, it seems no, like they do, they do remind me of like weird homeschool guys I knew. Um and like weird religious guys who are obsessed with sex because it's so forbidden and they don't actually know anything about it. And they, they met their <laughs> They've only had it with one person in one way. And so it seems so edgy and exciting when it's really like, yeah, sure. <laughs> they like met their wives at church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely that vibe. <laughs> so um, when did the black dick scene happen? I can't, I remember the dick vividly. Cause I just remember the looking at it. Happened um, when, Owen Wilson was at the gym trying to hit on the barista. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, yes. Because he, he had this barista that he was crushing on at the coffee shop that he frequented. Yeah. And tried to strike up a conversation with him once it became clear that he had this hall pass. And so, you know, oh, I, I can actually like maybe see if anything happens with this barista. And so he basically found out where she worked out, like what gym she went to, stalked her there and ran into quote unquote her at the gym so that they could work out together and then hang out later. But then while she went out to work out, he crashed in the men's hot tub in the spa and uh, fell asleep and missed their meeting. And when he woke up, there were a couple of naked guys like who pulled him out of the water where he was having some kind of heat stroke 
And uh, one of them, one of the naked guys was a uh, very fully frontally on display for all to see um, in this, in this cut of the film. Um, so that's the, that's the context. I mean, yeah, and like, context. and it's a nice dick, but I don't like seeing it like next to a white man's head. Like, I mean, no, thank you. This joke, and then and then there the other guy that pulled him out of the water was like a white ginger guy who had a very very small one. Yeah. So like the joke was like very hack and very gross <laughs> and very racist. I just I felt bad for the the black guy, like imagining him like auditioning, and he's like, I want to be an actor. And they're like, oh, we have a role for you. Um, (laughs) You know, like, what a nightmare. But you're also like, okay, well, I'll take the check, you know. Did they have to, like, did he have to, like, show his penis to the Ferrelli brothers? Did he have to, like, audition his dick? I, I, you know what I imagine? I actually imagine that they were so, they were, like, such, like, idiot white dudes about it that they were, like, Oh, we don't even need to see it. <laughs> we just like we believe you. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, the I mean, I guess we haven't even gotten to the actual hall pass yet. We've been talking about the factors, but basically, what happens is after this whole uh, to do at the rich guy's house, and uh, Joy Bahar tells Jenna Fisher and Christina Applegate about the concept of a hall pass which is when you let your husband have a week off marriage and he has a hall pass to just go sleep with anyone he wants or do whatever he wants. And they're both like, why would we do that? Like, we're, we just let them cheat. Like, what's the point? And, and Joy was basically like, well, if you let them do that, then they realize they don't really want to do that or they get it out of their system. And just giving them the freedom is like probably what they need to calm down. And both Jenna Fisher and Christina Applegate are kind of like, eh. You know, they're not really into the idea. I do like I do like when Christina Applegate makes fun of the idea of her husband trying to get laid. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would love to hear about, you know, the woman waking up next to him and like his uh, I can't remember if it was like his snoring or like she mentioned sleep like, apnea mask. It's a sleep, yeah, it's a sleep apnea, apnea mask. mask. Yeah, she's yes. just like yeah, that you know he's good luck, dude. Um, and so that that seed is planted, and then um, basically during a large, I don't know if you'd even call it a fight because she's so measured. During a large discussion, Jenna Fisher's just like, I'm giving you a hall pass. I'm taking the kids up for a week. You cannot behave. Like, you are always checking out other women. You talk disrespectfully in this guy's house. Again, I wouldn't even call him a friend. Um, <laughs> and uh, Owen Wilson is, he is not excited at first. I think he thinks it's a trap. I get the sense that he's like, ah, eh, what's the catch? Yeah. Like, this isn't real. This can't be real. Yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, so you want to have a trial separation? She's like, no, that's not what it is. And he's just like, okay, well, what, like, what's, what is this? And she's just like, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm taking the kids. Yeah. In a week. <laughs> she's like, I'm out. And then of course, when Jason Sudeikis finds out, he's like, dude, that's amazing. Like, I need a whole pass. Like what? Like, he's like, that's the coolest thing ever. You can get so many chicks. So of course, Jason Sudeikis ends up getting one after getting caught masturbating in the car by a cop. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that part. Yeah, Jason <laughs> he talks about how he remember he needs to go. He talks about how his his masturbation routine is to go out in the car because it gets him horny. Because that's where he used to have sex when he was a teenager. Yeah, and, uh, we that see is so sad. Can you oh, imagine yeah. anything from when you were a teen, like making you horny? You're like, I did this thing as a teen, so now I'm horny. <laughs> like I was horny to like Twilight books as a teen, <laughs> and like, not- I, I don't read the Twilight books to get off now. Well, and it's just the way that it plays out in the movie is so... This is one of the more tired jokes of the movie, I think, because it's like he he sort of tries to initiate some kind of... Uh, some kind of something with Christina Applegate, and she sort of knocks him down immediately and is like, I'm bloated, I have cramps, it's not a good night yeah. for it. 
and like without missing a beat, he says, Oh, I forgot to take the trash in and then runs outside to go and jerk her off in the car. Yeah. And like and then he gets caught by the police. And so it's yeah. just like it's it's a very tidy little uh progression. Yes, exactly. And and then so then they both have the hall passes and both their wives are leaving town to hang out and now they get to be bachelors. And of course their whole weird friend group is like so into it. They're like, oh, we're going to watch you guys get laid, <laughs> which I guess. They're, they're so turned on by the idea of their friends getting laid to the point where like when it's clear that they don't, all of their friends leave. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm like, are all your friends cucks? What's going on? Like, I'm just surprised their friends aren't like, please like hit on my wife like you know like it's just take my wife please yeah um and there i did think that it was funny like i did like when the movie would obviously make fun of the suburbs like the movie would wink at you like the fact that they go to applebee's yes beautiful beautiful oh my god i've been on applebee's dates before in georgia (laughs) like we're all going to applebee's no and Applebee started doing this thing. Like, I don't know if it does it at every location, but on certain days, like at night, they'll it'll get super loud and they'll get a DJ. And it's just like you're at Applebee's, but it's pretending to be the club. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that <laughs> that's exactly the energy that they were like. They were like, yeah, we'll go to Applebee's and at 930 it gets awesome. <laughs> Like, we'll yes, have, we'll have a picture of bad margarita, and and of course, there's no one to hit on at Applebee's because everyone's like 15 or also married. Well, can um, I say also one of my favorite little grace notes about that scene was that you know, when it shows time has passed and they're all drunk and they're all kind of tired and want to go home and they haven't hit on any ladies or anything, they they're like a couple of empty bottles of red wine at the table and a bunch of them have red wine mouth, which is the thing that you never see in movies of like people have gotten drunk on red wine and get the like purple lips and teeth staining. And like, I I really, I thought that really sold the moment that like, yeah, these, these loser dudes have just been sitting around drinking red wine together and miss their chance to go out and, you know, (laughs) I've never thought about but that is a great point about not seeing actual wine mouth. Right? Like so many movies, you know, people are drinking wine all night and, and their teeth are like perfectly pristine, bleached. Their, you know, their lipstick or their face in general. Like it's all, this was, oh, there was some realism in this movie. Yeah, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, they're unsuccessful for a few nights. It's like they have a few nights of just like, going to various suburban spots and then their friends being disappointed in them. <laughs> and of course they're staying at a hotel because they don't want to take women back to, you know, their houses with, with photos of the family. And uh, I don't know. This is such a white movie in that regard, because I feel like <laughs> they have money to stay at a hotel for a week. <laughs> I mean, I just feel just like so repressed. I just feel like there are other people, like non-white people, would just bring them home. That is honestly what I believe. That is what I would do. If I got a hall pass, I would just bring them to the house. Yeah, and also I think it speaks to the sort of weird, sacred quality that they give to the, the house in the suburbs, where it's like, you know, the house is sort of this physical manifestation of marriage as this like suburban white upper middle class phenomenon where it's like, we can't, yeah. we can't bring a date home to the, our, our, you know, our married bed. Like that's just, that's taboo. And like, that's, it is kind of a class market. It's kind of this weird sort of, it's taken as a given, but uh, in plenty of context, that would be not necessarily how they would play out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like just kind of the weird purity culture they seem to be part of. Yeah, it's and really off-putting. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, honestly, the shenanigans are the least interesting part of the movie to me. Um, And, and the shenanigans like, are also why this movie is so fucking long. Yeah, like <laughs> they have, yeah, it's like a two-hour movie. And like, of course, there's a pop brownie scene because, you know, whatever. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like, uh, let's do that. It, it's so funny that they're high and then like one of them shits like, cool. 
I'm just so not interested in that. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they get like high on a golf course and like, that's crazy for them, I guess. Cause I guess they've never gotten high or something or they haven't gotten high in a long time. I don't know. Like I'm supposed to care. It's very suburban. How they're like, yes, Ooh, I got pop from this guy. I know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what? You know, what's totally weird. I don't understand why they just didn't go to the mall because like, I don't know when I was, this is, I guess is a little creepy <laughs> just to tell this, to talk about this. But like when I was like in high school, like when I was young, like that is when, grown men would appear to hit on me it's the mall that's where men go to be creepy it's the mall it's weird okay, that they, they don't were, just go to the mall creepy, but they're not pedophiles like okay, no uh, i'm not saying that they were gonna be looking for like people like that were like my age at the time but it's weird that they just didn't go to the mall i mean they also have no game like they don't know where to pick up women or how to pick up women because like if you figure they've been married since college they've never had to like that not only have they not had to date as adults, they haven't had to go looking for women as adults. So they wouldn't go even... to the Yankee Candle. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That would be a different movie. If just <laughs> them going to different places at the mall and meeting different women. <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah. All the different yeah. kinds of female spaces. Yes, 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 exactly. Going to Bath and Body Works and comparing <laughs> and contrasting. It's like the women at Yankee Cancel, the women at Bath and Body Works. Exactly. Like this, what, what I love is like the movie, you know, spends so much time like showing them failing and then like they get high and like they're hanging out with their bros, but they're obviously not going to get laid. And then, it, and then it finally shows us Jenna Fisher and Christina Applegate again. And they're up. I don't even know where they are. They're staying at another place. They're like at a college campus at some point. Yeah, they're like at a college campus. Like I know that they all live in Providence, but they're not in Providence. Because yeah. I remember that because I never hear of a movie being set in Providence. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and yeah, they're at a, a baseball game because I think Jenna Fisher's dad is a coach and uh, of like college baseball yeah. and there's like a hot baseball player I, there's a lot going on there's a lot going on and i don't i i honestly didn't really keep up with it like the, the sort of ins and outs of their sure. their rotations yeah. but i think that i think the, the 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 important thing to take away is that christina applegate has a flirtation with a college baseball player and jenna fisher has a flirtation with the some one of the coaches of the team or something okay. some kind of like so, more senior member so, so the college by. baseball player is played by one of those hot one of the like the hot wolves from the teen wolf show oh my god i just okay, had to say that perfect i well, did not know that but that's yes and the, the 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 guy who jenna fisher the older guy who jenna fisher connects with is played by ups man from legally blonde <laughs> Oh this, my god! Like, I couldn't believe I haven't seen him in anything else other than this is one. this is wonderful. I'm so amazing. glad to know this. Both of those connections that I did not make, I really appreciate oh. that for my life personally. Just, it enriches the viewing experience. <laughs> it surely does. It surely does. Uh, yeah, really invited to hang out with these baseball players, and it's very obvious uh, that you know it's not going to be hard for them if they want. To also use the halls. Jenna Fisher is like, oh, I don't know. And she's, so Jenna Fisher has kids. Christina Applegate doesn't. So Jenna Fisher is like, oh, I got kids. Christina's like, come on, like our, our annoying husbands are doing whatever they're doing. And so they, so we know, like we don't see them that much during this part of the movie, but we know that like they're doing fine. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just like having a fun time. Yeah. It's Meanwhile, kinda... their husbands are like struggling to figure out how to drink somewhere where there's other women. <laughs> It reminds me a lot of um, I don't know if you saw uh, the the vacation reboot from 2015 where it's like Ed Helms plays like the son character all grown up and he takes his um, wife Christina Applegate with him. I, I've w been watching a lot of these comedies lately, but like they so they're like doing going through the vacation and like Ed Helms's whole thing is that like I'm in a I'm a dork and my family doesn't respect me and oh no Chevy Chase dad can you give me advice to figure out like how my family can respect me meanwhile they there's a part where they do get to a college campus because i guess that's just 
where whenever adults are having a crisis, they end up on a college campus and Christine Applegate just shows up and she's so cool. And she's like, she like, you find out that she was like a, a legendary sorority girl and like all the younger girls are just like oh i thought that you were a legend and now you're so boring and then suddenly she's just like chugging and like younger guys are hitting on her and like ed helms is just like oh would why would you like me i'm such a dork <laughs> that is, and that is just such the energy that's like yes. Christina applegate does have like i was a sorority girl and now I will bless you with my presence for the rest of our lives. But remember that I was cool. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely her, like the types that she is cast in. Like she's, she's very much playing that part in so very many much little... still got it. Like, yes. Yes. She's gorgeous. Oh team. my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, it's like the movie, I mean, do you, do y'all like even want to talk about every single thing that happens with the guys? Cause I don't absolutely even, no, not. No, no, I don't even remember. Like it's, it's, it's like, who cares? No. Yeah. Like just is there. And basically like they both keep like fucking up. And then finally, like the last night they're like, let's try again. But before that there is like, the whole Owen Wilson trying to hit on the barista and then she invites him to a gym. And then there's that racist scene with like him getting rescued by a black guy and his, and his exposed genitalia. Um, <laughs> but like nothing problem. really happens, but beyond like the cringe, it's just you know? a, psych gag, a very it's, cringy psych gag. Yeah. It's just like, they really committed to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so much that happens and it's, None of it matters. I mean, like, honestly, you can sort of, you can just fast forward to the the final night when they're at the party at Richard Jenkins's house. And they basically both, both Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis have the opportunity to have sex with a woman who's not their wife. And like, it's right there in front of them, you know, just sort of handed to them on a platter. And they both kind of, realize in the moment that oh this isn't what I want at all and I've spent this whole week dicking around because I don't actually want to have sex with anyone who's not my wife and what I really want is to just be home with my wife who I miss and who I love and who I want to be with forever and it's like they, it doesn't really matter how they get there like I don't I don't no, remember it really doesn't and like the movie like I think the movie would I mean I was super annoyed the whole time I watched the movie <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> um because it is so over the top with their misogyny and just their naiveness about sex and gender um that it's just exhausting like and about their own feelings. They don't Yeah, like feelings. their own feelings and and like the way that the movie goes so far to make them unlikable so that so that we can buy into it. Um it really, yeah, it really doesn't matter how it gets there. And I think the fact that it adds all these ridiculous scenes that involve like a car getting vandalized and like, you know, a DJ trying to start a fight with one of them, you know, there's a Ferrelli brothers checklist of a shit. Um, just like, it, it, yeah, it's so much work to just get to back to them realizing that they like what they have. But again, like you said, they don't like what they have. They like their wives, but they don't like their lives. And so it yeah. just never addresses it. Right. And you wish that the movie ended with them being like, okay, I think we need to move back into the city. I think we need to downsize. I think we need yeah. to, I think maybe, you know, like Jenna Fisher, like, I, I think I need to go back to work. Like, or, or like I need to get in therapy or like, you know, like there's right. no, there's no growth that happens at the end other than just them realizing that they actually do like each other. Like, yeah, it's like they go to the full brink of fear about losing each other and then come back together. Yeah. And it's like the the happy ending is that they're back from the brink um, and they are no longer going to check out other women's asses in front of their wives. <laughs> 
Yeah. Also, like, none of the asses that they, like, are looking at are particularly interesting to look at either. I'm, also like, true. Also it's true. just, like, I don't I, know. I don't even know if I've noticed any of... Yeah, like, it's just, like, oh, there's a woman. <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, white men are so weird. It's just, like, it's a butt... Like, you could see this butt anywhere. Like, instead of, like, looking at this, you could just, like, watch Baywatch reruns. Like, it'll yeah. make you... Like, that's weird, but at least you'd be weird at home. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you doing this? It's like you have you have as much of a shot with the characters on Baywatch as you do with any of these like young women who you're like watching right. It's like twenty one girls. Yeah, it's just yeah, like it's dumb. It's just dumb. It's just like at least at least if you're fantasizing about real people, at least fantasize about like real actual like cool looking, interesting looking people who you actually are drawn to, other than you know the way that they fill out some like catalog template. Yeah. yeah and it's it's it, it bummed me out is i actually really like the actors in this movie like all of them. so it felt like such a waste of all of these people <laughs> it's like there could be a really fun movie with this specific cast but it wasn't this one um yeah i mean i'm trying to think of like a good alternative to this that is like a similar plot I guess it would be um i mean <laughs> i mean i could go i could go a little uh like historical and be like watch bob and carol and ted and yes Alex. actually yeah. yes that's, yeah. that's the perfect that's the i think perfect. i think going historical is good i think that's a good yeah. bomb to to yeah. what this is <laughs> that movie is fantastic and it gets at all of the the ideas in this movie is so much better. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. It's just like, uh, they knocked it out of the park with that one. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> is there anything else to talk about? Um, you know, put Jenna Fisher in more things. I don't really understand. She keeps on ending up in these like, television shows that I guess like don't necessarily work and I don't know what can be done but help her because I think she's like doing a podcast about the office right now and I just oh boy. feel like podcast Angela about just I just I want more <laughs> for her yeah. I don't want her to just be like Chasing the office forever. Yeah. Yeah. Just put her in like a premium cable. Like I want to see her on like Showtime or HBO. Like that's what I want. Get her get her off like the networks. It's very obvious they don't know what to do with her over there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think I think she's great and she could play a lot of roles in a lot of different shows or movies. Um probably not like <laughs> I don't even know what, I don't even know what's funny except that like I'm I'm glad that we like I feel weird saying this but I'm glad that we got this out of the way because I just kept on thinking when I watched Hall Pass for the first time I was just like god damn it <laughs> it's so funny Jordan like message me and you'll be like Okay, I'm watching this horrible movie. We have to do it for the past. <laughs> yeah, like, I was just I, be like, oh, for <laughs> fucking sake. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the great thing about this one is though is that it does have some insight in it. It's just really worn down by everything else that isn't the insight and I think once like I know a lot of people complain and be like you know a movie shouldn't be longer than 90 minutes I don't believe that but I do believe that unless you are a master of your craft a comedy should not be longer than 90 minutes because y'all motherfuckers do not know like y'all do a two-hour comedy and then you just waste our time like like if it's gonna be two hours make it count <laughs> yeah yeah no it's to be it, it it you have to be a certain level of good to pull that off and this movie's not there yeah. no this could have this could have been like 80 minutes yeah yeah should have yeah. been 
Definitely. So uh, this has been the Bad Romance Podcast. And at this point, you know that we are now on um, a network. We are part of Lunar Light Studio and we are very, very happy about it. They have been very kind to us so far. And I'm sure it's they're going to continue to be kind. Um, be kind to yourselves. Stay home. Like, be nice to yourselves at home. If you go for a walk, you know, stay six feet away from everybody. Uh, people suck anyway. So, <laughs> no, I don't mean that. <laughs> oh, I do. I, I kind of mean it. I don't mean sure. it, but I kind of mean it. And, you know, I'm, I'm back and forth here. But um, we're going to all get through this together. Thursday <laughs> has like a on the podcast about whether she likes other human beings at all. <laughs> I, I mean, every day it's a struggle. I I go back and forth all the time. But I really just, we love Lunar Light Studio. You know, check us out on there. Check out all the other podcasts. Please uh, bear with me as I manually add a bunch of episodes. Like a lot of the most recent episodes are there. But all of season one, I need to manually add. And like the first bits of season two. So I'm going to be doing that one by one. Probably high for like the next week or so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember that our our theme song sung by Clutch Douglas. They're great. Um, you know, continue to support us. We're still going to have our Patreon. Like nothing's really going to change except now like we are part of something which is nice. <laughs> we're not just like alone in the world. We matter now, so we've <laughs> we're reaching self-actualization. Yeah, on this now. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to say. No, I think I think we're great. You're crushing it, Jordan. Okay, I'm crushing it. Great. Thank no, I'm just so like really what? I'm just really hungry. So okay, well, I feel that. I feel so that. much for being on the podcast, Maddie. It was oh, great. thank you for having yes. me. This was a delight. And Where can I, people follow you online if they want to hear more of your thoughts? Um, I am quite active on Twitter at Maddie Whittle. Um, you can you can find me. I'm easy to find. Um, and uh, I'm on the other like social media apps, but not very actively. So Twitter's where to find me. Find me on Twitter. Perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you all for listening. And I hope that everybody is washing their hands and eating breakfast and being nice to themselves. I've been Bronwyn Isaac. <laughs> I've been Jordan Searles. And I'm Maddie Whittle. <laughs> <laughs>